All right. Good morning. We are ready to turn in our Bible to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 13 through chapter 3, verse 15. Years ago, uh, when Brianna was still here at school, we were on our way home one day, and this little voice from the back seat said, Sally, you're going to have to do something about school. And I said, what do I have to do? She said, they are using bad words. And we talked a lot about her not being a narc and, you know, the tattletale of the whole school. And I said, well, honey, you know, I'll, I'll find that out. No, Sherry, they're using the S word. It's kind of a bad word. I said, S word. Okay, honey, um, just lean over here and just kind of whisper. I asked her what it was and she wouldn't tell me. I said, come over here and just whisper to me. Nobody's in the car. Nobody will know. And she, she came over and whispered in my ear, stupid. <laughs> now, of course, I was thinking it was a much yeah. worse word. When we get to this topic today, it's the topic of submission. And what happens is everybody in this room goes, <sighs> kind of just like you do uh, about, uh, about uh, she, or how she did the S word. You go, oh, I know what it is. I know what submissions means. I, it's going to be all about things I don't do. I don't want to hear this. I hope that at the end of the lesson you go, oh, so that's what the Bible meant about submission. So let's pray and get going. Father, thank you for this section of scripture. Thank you for a chance to study it. Thank you for an opportunity to go, oh, that's what you meant. And we will follow you when we understand it. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The word submission is an interesting word. It, it really carries the idea of having a, an overwhelming desire to, to position yourself or to give of yourself to somebody else for their benefit, not for yours. No matter what it costs you, you want to position yourself so, so it can be a benefit to someone else. It's allowing yourself to be subjugated, if you will, to somebody else. All in your free will. Not because you have to. Not because somebody's making you. But because you see the other party of such value in your life, in your eyes, that you're happy to, to, to put your needs aside and put theirs front, front and center. You do that with your children automatically. When it comes time to eat, watch you at the dinner table. You know, there's, there's one part, you know, one pork chop left and you haven't eaten yet, but your other kid is starving to death. You have a little more salad. I know you do. You do it in a bunch of other ways without even thinking. When we come to husbands and wives, though, and in, in, a, biblical, in a biblical context, there's that sigh, like it's going to be made. We're going to have to. We're under somebody's thumb. That is not the idea. The word hypoteso really means just to put things into order. I don't know if you had any time over the holiday to, to put a drawer in order or a closet or, or something. You know, you went to find something. Oh, this is ridiculous. And you sort it out and re, whatever, you know, the junk drawer or, or whatever it is. That's kind of this word submission. It means to put things in order, to place them in an orderly fashion. It comes from a military term. It's the idea that a military person would say, I want this to be in order, and, and so I will take away some of my freedom or cause a little more effort on my part so that it can be in order. It's the idea of wanting order in your world, in your society. The thought is that a, as a Christian, you're one that does not want to seek your own interests, but you're going to assume voluntarily 
you're going to order, you're going to put in order. I can't get the noun out. You're going to put in order something that that might take a little time and effort on your part. And, and really, the, the reason for that submission is found in chapter 2, verse 13. Look at it with me. 2.13. <clears throat> Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Um, 2.13. I'm reading 1.13. Sorry, guys. Let me get 2.13. Sorry. Going, wait a minute. That's not my verse. Verse 13, chapter 2. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to the governors and so on. Submit yourself. Why? For the Lord's sake. So this whole discussion of submission is not in the scriptures focused just on women. And we kind of take it that way. It's like, oh, women, we've got to submit to men. And it becomes a, it's a big thing. In the scriptures, really what it is, is general submission, general willingness to put into some order for the Lord's sake. Not for my sake, for the Lord's sake. So let's look. There's, there's submission to the government. There's submissions for slaves. There's submission for women. There's submission for men. There's submission for, for uh, masters. Let's dive into it. So, uh, again, chapter uh, 2, starting in about verse 13, I'm going to reread it. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. <clears throat> Excuse me. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as, as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God honor the king. So the first submission we see has to do with submitting to government. Now there's a lot of discussion about the role of government in Christianity right now. The evangelicals are really wrestling with the role of, of government and I don't, I don't want to for, for a nanosecond get into that discussion today. I just want you to see that Paul's view of government is not any different than Peter's. They're, they're asserting here that all powers are ordained by God. Let's look at a couple of those. Uh, look at uh, Titus 3.1. So turn back a couple of books there, not far. Titus 3.1. <clears throat> Titus 3.1. Paul's writing to his young preacher boy, Titus, and he says, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. He says, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, show true humility towards all men. Now, there's a lot of discussion, like I said, in evangelical worlds right now about the role of, of government. And in many, many cases, it has no sense of humility attached to it. Scripture here is saying that we are, we are to be reminded that all rulers, all authorities are to be obeyed. It's the, it's the thing. We are, we are in submission to government. Turn back a couple more books to Romans chapter 13. And again, this is not a long discussion on the role of government, but just a quick look that says, hmm, they're to be, we're to be submissive to them. Everyone, 
13.1 in Romans, everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. Whoa, wait a minute. Him? Her? God put that one in offers? God, God expects me to follow that governor, that, that whoever? The authorities that exist have been established by God. Was he sleeping that night? Didn't he pay attention? I mean, we just had the caucuses in Iowa. Was he, you know, gone? What, what, what's, his, what's the deal here? Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what's right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to you, to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Ugh, ouch. I'll say it for you. <laughs> Submit because it is the Lord's will. And, and it's kind of interesting to me that at this time, Peter's writing and also Paul, neither one of them came up with an alternative kind of government idea. Neither one of them said, oh, that's not a good way to do government. Here's how Christians ought to do government. It shouldn't be a republic. It should be a democracy. It shouldn't be a democracy. It should be a whatever. They didn't, they didn't come up with any of that. That wasn't in the sphere of the discussion. The sphere of discussion was God put them in place and there's an element of submission that should take place. Why? So there's order. So our society has order. Pick in your mind a country somewhere in the world, and there are many of them, that do not have governing authorities that, that, that get uh, an appropriate amount of respect from their people. What's that society like? Chaos. Chaos. So submission to the government, the motive is, we're free, but we're slaves to the Lord. Yes, I'm free in my, in my uh, governmental relationships, but I am a slave to God. In 1 Corinthians 6 and 1 Corinthians 7, it's the passages about being bought with a price. You're not your own. Now glorify God in your body. You have been set free. Do something about it that brings pleasure to me. Believers have no will of their own, but obey only the will of their master, which is God. That is a hard deal to swallow. It's a hard deal to swallow for a kid who has a strong will. It's a hard deal to swallow if you have a, a, a strong will. Something came up in our HOA in our in our housing area where I live, and Barbara and I were in the car, car and I said, "Well, I'm not doing it." <laughs> she didn't say anything for a little while. And she goes, "Oh, okay. Are, are we moving? Are you selling your half of the house or what?" I said, "What are you talking about?" She said, "If we live here, and we do, and you sign those part papers, which I did, you have already said you would go by whatever the HOA came out with." <laughs> She said, if you don't like it, run for the board. Well, I'm not doing that, so <laughs> fine, I'll do it. 
I mean, it, it, it encroaches at all kinds of levels, whether it's an HOA or, or a city government that they're putting a sign up you don't like or a speed limit on a, a street that you think is ridiculous or something at the county level or something at the state level or something at the federal level. It doesn't really matter. The point that that both Peter and Paul are making, we are free, but we're slaves of the Lord. We have a, a higher calling to be submissive to these governments. And the injunction that he gave us there is honor all. Ugh. What's included in all? Republicans, Democrats, independents, California politicians, other politicians. Yeah, you know, honor all. And then in First Timothy chapter 2, the command is pray for those in governmental positions. And as we wind up this year, I, I would just, a little, little thing that I'm doing. Every moment I get frustrated over something that's happening uh, where somebody's voting for something that I'm not in favor of or a person that I'm not in favor of, I am committing myself, please, Lord, help me remember, to pray rather than grouse. To choose instead of to to stop and pray for that person or pray for the other person or pray for the person that's responsible for them or pray for the people that are putting them in office or taking them out of office. Submission to the government. Guys, it's not an option. We don't get to say no unless you move. My dad used to say, you know, what? until I move to Canada, I, I, I got I to gotta go with the flow. And he's absolutely right. If you don't like it, pack your bag, go somewhere else. If you like it, then you got to be in submission as a, as a believer. All right, submission goes another step. What about slaves? Now, slaves in that society, of course, were people who worked for other people. So in this case, we're going we're gonna to call them employees uh, and employers. So the employees come up first. Peter's handling this. He wants us to understand that there's a submission that has to do with being an employee. So uh, let's go back to, <clears throat> excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 2. Now look at verse number 18. We're backing up just a skosh. Uh, no, I, no, we're not. 2.18. We're going forward. 2.18. Slaves, employees, submit yourself to your masters, your employers, with all respect, but they don't deserve it. I, I don't see that in my Bible. Do you see that? Not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. What? I'm supposed to submit to somebody that's, uh, you know, turkey nose? Yeah. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he's conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable for God, before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. Bottom line, obey, submit with honor those who are in authority over you. The servant is to live in fear, not so much of the master, but of the Lord himself. What's the motive? The motive is we look at Jesus and, 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 the, and his willingness to entrust himself to judges who, just, who did not justify all the, the activity or, or all the choices they made about his death. Those were all wrong. But what we look to him and he just kept. He kept entrusting himself to them. He kept submitting to their, to their authority. He, he kept submitting himself to the, to the unjust, cruel 
behavior of those that were arresting him and ultimately put him to death. And what does he say about that? It's an imperfect tense in, in, uh, in, uh, in the language. Imperfect meaning it goes on all the time. It's the idea that he kept on submitting himself. It was an ongoing submission to the Father. It wasn't one moment, okay, I'll gut it up. I'll, I'll submit. It was an ongoing kind of behavior. The injunction here for the, for the slaves or the employee is that they're to serve and obey even when their masters are crooked or perverse or harsh or mean or, or whatever. And if you've ever had an unfair, mean boss, you know how difficult that can be. And the sign of a believer is the one who can choose to submit to that person, to say, all right, I'm going to act as if you are an agent of the Lord and I am going to submit to you accordingly, ongoingly. Submission. Submission to government, to submission for slaves. Well, um, let's go to wives, the one you've been waiting for. 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6. He says, Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. So he's taking a particular example here. The particular example is that the woman knows the Lord and the husband does not. It will apply even if both knew the Lord, but he's making an example out of the, the way that the woman could impress the life of the unbelieving husband. Verse 2, chapter 3. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past, who put their hope in God, used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughters if you do uh, what is right and do not give way to fear. Now, submission for women. In our, in our, in our society, we immediately go, well, wait a minute. Women, are, women and uh, men are equal. They should be equal. Are they paid equal? No. Are they, are they held in equal status in most business settings? No. Um, do women have worth and value that is often uh, uh, ignored? Yes. Read a study last night. Uh, it's an older one. I'm sure I could have found a more recent one. But here's an old, old study that tried to place a financial value on the work that a, uh, a, a wife and a mother would have. So if you counted up, you know, cooking and cleaning and, and Uber driving and all the other stuff that uh, a mom does around a home, the, the value was about $81,000. I'm sure that's a low, low ball number. $81,000, that, that's what you bring to the table. Is it fair that you have to do this and this and this and this and your husband doesn't do that and that and that? No, it's not, it's not fair. But it is what it is. What the Bible's trying to say is that there is a submission, there is a manner of life, there is a purpose for maintaining order in the home. And the order in the home is in part, wait for it, because he gets his in a minute, is the submission of the woman to the, to the, to the husband. 
that purpose is for maintaining that order. Not, not to say one is of less value or less worth or has less dignity or anything else, is less smart. Uh, none of those are true. And uh, the, the writer, Peter specifically, that we're looking at, that's not in his mind. He's not, he's not attaching worth. He's not attaching value. He's not, saying, he's not saying this job is more valuable than that job. All he's saying is, wives, this is how we're going to maintain order in the house. This is the way we're going to make it work. And in this specific example, He's saying this is the way to lead an unbelieving husband to Christ. It's a it's a an evangelistic cry. It's a way to ble- to bring that unbelieving husband because what he sees in the home is a loving, submissive, caring, sweet wife, specifically those two terms, a gentle and quiet spirit, and he responds to that by going, "Where did she get that?" And come to find out that comes from her relationship with God. And suddenly the unbelieving husband has an interest in, in Jesus Christ. That's the idea. The divinely intended, intended manner of life is, is, uh, is inward. It's the idea of who you are inside, not outward. This is not, this is not someone who has all of her time focused on the outside. It's a woman who has all of her time focused on the inside. And, and the submission to her husband is, is, is following this idea that Jesus was meek and lowly as well. The only place in the scripture Jesus ever uh, identifies or describes himself is in Matthew 11. He says, I'm meek and lowly of heart. Meek and lowly. So if he's going to describe himself meek and lowly, why do we protest so vehemently being meek and lowly in our home situation. Because we're back to trying to make it fair. We're trying to make mince mince. We're trying to make, you know, if he gets this, then I get this. That's not how God has his world set up. His world is set up with a constant attitude, regardless of whether it's in the home or it's in the work environment or wherever, that we are looking for ways to put the other person first so that there can be order. So things can be done well. Now he gives a couple of examples here in this particular passage of, of, uh, of uh, Sarah, I think. Is it Sarah? Yes, it's Sarah. And that she obeyed her husband and called him her master. He's not suggesting that you should kowtow. You know, your husband walks in the door and you're down on all fours with the hi, honey, how are you routine. No, we're not talking about that. And we're not talking about some of the specifics of our social arrangements. The fact that in, living in South Orange County almost requires two income. So what are you going to do about that? You know, what you're going to do is you're going to divide up the responsibilities. You're going to have order. You're going to submit to him. He's going to submit to you. You're going to divide up the things about the house. You're going to divide up the things about the kids. Two incomes are two incomes. One's not more important than the other. God's looking for people that will have an ongoing commitment to the other party, whether it's in work or it's in the home. Before you get you know, too out of shape about the women's uh, part, submitting wives, let's look at submitting of husbands, 3-7. They're going to get their discussion as well. Husbands, in the same way. Exactly the same way. In the same way. Don't miss it. You have a need to submit to your wife, to, to foster spiritual life in the home by the order that it takes place. Husbands, in the same way, consider it 
Be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner. And everybody goes bananas over that weaker partner. He's not saying you can't get the job done or you're not smart enough or you can't hold it together for the family. Probably you can do all of that better than he does because of your emotional makeup. Women are stronger than men emotionally. They are. What he's saying is, is that there is a, there is an understanding of the other party and you submit and want to meet that need just as you would of him. And as heirs with you in the precious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. The goal is that you both can go to God with an open uh, conscience, uh, an open spirit, praying freely for each other, for your family, for the things that are going on. And, and, and you can do that without, without whining uh, because of one partner or the other not submitting. Husbands do this in the same way. The motive is you look, to, you look to Jesus as your example. He, he entrusted himself to the judges justly. Again, it's, it's the idea of that, uh, that uh, imperative, uh, the imperative verb that meant he did it on an ongoing basis. And husbands, that's the same for you too. The purpose is to make sure the spiritual life of the family can 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 can, can keep going is not hindered in some way that we're not upsetting the order in the family husbands this is on you 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 ensure that god is honored in every way by you submitting to your wife mutual submission so first peter 3 8 now let's look at that let's look at 3 8 finally all of you and in my Bible, it's all circled. All of you, everybody, uh, you know, husbands, wives, uh, employers, employees, government officials, people that are under the submission of government officials, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay with, uh, evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. He's, he's just saying, wait a minute. This is, this is the way we're going to live. Drop down to, uh, let's see, verse 15. But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Listen to those words, respect, gentleness, up in uh, verse 9, I think it's 9 or 8, humbleness, compassion, sympathetic, all of us. There is a, there is a call here for every single believer to submit in, in, a, in a broadly based way to those around us. Um, Paul in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21 says, be subject to one another, to, to one another, to everyone. The guy that cuts you off on the freeway, the, the, the neighbor who's too loud and obnoxious, the person who came to Christmas dinner that you really wish didn't come to Christmas dinner. A thousand other examples. He's calling us to be submissive in all those relationships, we pull out the wife and husband thing and go, it's not good. Wait a minute. That's only one of all the other relationships that, excuse me, that ought to be held 
in order so that there can be blessing. I used this as an example years ago, and it's a great example, so I'm going to use it again. Um, those of you that have been, have been to Hawaii, have been to Kauai, and have been out to the North Shore, you have seen this thing. So as you come through Princeville and you're going to go down to Hanalei, there's a little switchback road. You come out of Princeville, you come down, you make a left, you come down, and there's a bridge. Anybody remember the bridge? It's a one-lane bridge. And as you come down, you know, it's wooden, it's so cool when you, go, thump, 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 when you go over it. Anyway, as you come down, there's a sign on the right-hand side. You know what the sign says? Yield. Yield. Now, if you come down there, and your temperament is more like mine, and you're sitting there, and you're evaluating who got to that bridge first, that guy over there or me, <laughs> I have concluded that you got there first. Therefore, you should first go over the bridge. You're an idiot. Because on the other side of the bridge, when you come out of Hanalei, and you're coming back up to Princeville, there is a sign. You know what the sign says? Yield. There's a yield sign on this side, and there's a yield sign on that side. Why? Because if you're an idiot and you want to gun it, the two of you are going to get out in the middle of that. Not only are you going to smash into each other, but you're going to go over the sides. It doesn't hold two cars. It holds one car. For the betterment of your car and the other car, yield. Who cares whether that one gets to go first or you get to go first? It's for both parties' best benefit if you yield. That's the definition of biblical submission. It's not to give that other person permission to run rough, roughshod over you or to acknowledge something in government that you can't stand and you whatever. No, it's don't be a twit. Yield. Whether you're going down to Hanalei or coming back out of Hanalei, same sign. For your benefit, yield. Paul or Peter in, in this, this portion of scripture is definitely setting a pattern for us. He's saying, wait a minute. It, it, this, is, this, is a, this is an attempt on our part to set a way of living for Christians in general. And that part that I didn't read is a quote out of Psalm 34. And out of, and out of Psalm 34, you could get things like live, har live in harmony. Don't scream and holler at each other. Somebody made a little noise in your neighborhood? Okay. It's not the end of the world. You're going to make a little noise. The other day, one of the, the neighbors had one of their grandkids out in the middle of the road. And as I was trying to get around, the kid was going the wrong way. And I just kind of just had to stop and wait till he could waddle over to the other side. And I found myself starting to do the, hey, get the kid up. Come on. This is not. And I went, well, what if you, that was your grandkid? I would want whoever was in that car to not give a rip. To put their foot on the brake and wait for the little kid to waddle on over. Wouldn't, wouldn't you? Of course you would. And that's how we're supposed to view this submission. Live in harmony. Be sympathetic. Be, be, be tender-hearted. Love as brothers. Be compassionate. And be humble. Just because you hit the, 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 the bridge, what you think, one nanosecond in front of the other guy, and you ought to, by right, be the first car to go over, who cares? Be humble.
Because the bottom line to all of it is, but in your hearts, verse 15, but in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Not you. So I see that the munchies have a